0: When God was queer...
1: Welcome back to when God was queer. My oh god damn it! Um, all right, ready? Yeah, <laughs> yep. It's like Vince went before me. Turtle, it's like turtle, you know got me. Ala- <laughs> you know what's hilarious?
2: about that is I was playing was like, "Guys, I'm not. I'm hey, I'm just Vince. I'm, I'm just, not gonna fuck it. around. I, to think I was gonna it. go normal
1: this time. No, fuck. Hilarious. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm Dakota Saint <laughs> Clair. I guess. I guess I could be Dakota Saint Clair today, uh, if I if I must.
2: And uh, I'm joined by
1: my two fabulous co-hosts.
2: Hey, it's just Vince this time.
0: And I'm Daphne Malfitano. (laughs) Shared. I don't know. Oh my God. I think it's like that thing where you're last, like you, you know, when you're in line for something at school and you're so far back on the line that you're like psyching yourself out the entire yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's better to just go first. I learned that at some point, just volunteering, do something first. Cause if you're like, you know, you're going to get called on eventually to share, but you're like, it, the longer you wait, the more stressed out you get about it.
2: I avoid alphabetical order as a teacher as much as possible because my last well, name you, is V. Yeah, you and must I used be. to have to wait so fucking Forever. long yo like so fucking long for no fucking reason didn't make any sense why every day every day we have to do this the same way every day i'm just uh-huh. supposed to go last for eight years of my life and that is totally because a real I'm thing another, i
0: remember that and like, like, it's like the, kids, the kids like <laughs> a or b last names will never understand
2: oh <laughs> like my god just, the pain. triggered honestly I feel
1: like that used to <laughs> always be me when I would need to refill my MetroCard oh, back yeah. in the day. There'd be oh. a line, and like everyone knew, like you have 20 seconds the at that machine, coming. yeah, or you're going nice. to be. It, yeah. There might it's as well have been dad. a like a fucking hurricane of bait behind you. You're going to be rent <laughs> limb from limb if you don't. And I'd have my nails and everything, and I'd be like all you know ready for work and all of that. And I'd be like. I'd go full like Minority Report cyborg and be like click 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 and like normally it would work and I and then if if it all like went off without a hitch, bitch, you couldn't tell me shit for like the next two hours. I was like, I have evolved into a superior form of humanity. But then if it didn't go right, oh my god, the fucking flop sweat that would develop immediately. I would be. Just absolutely destroyed. Well, destroyed. it's like when you yeah. get—it's
0: like when you get to the turnstile and you—you you have that thing where you keep swiping and it's not swiping, oh and God. everyone's getting more and more angry I'm gonna around have a you. Break down. I because I was born in New York, I, that does not happen to me. But I'm married. <laughs> to some, I'm married to someone who, for the first like two years we lived in the city again motherfucker could not get a swipe the first time and i was like you're literally like you're the shame of the family like you can't be married to a manhattan kid and not know how to fucking swipe always too fast and then too slow and then too fast i was gonna
2: say i feel like it's a rhythm thing
0: it's it's a sense memory thing he can do it now but it's like an exact there's like the exact right yeah you
2: yeah yes there is yeah, because there's. That and getting your. Honestly, getting your card into a MetroCard machine. Like yeah. where you have to go. Oh, my God.
1: Well, that used to be my gauge for if my nails were too long because I wouldn't be able to dip my Keep debit it. card and get it back and out. Get it back out. I've
0: had that too. When your nails are so long, you can't grab it.
1: I literally would have to turn to the person behind me in line you and be like, grab can my you card. I'm so, And I'd just go, can you just. Can you do, do you mind if you just can you grab please. that? Please don't take it. I please. It's nothing left on it. Don't rob me. <laughs> I had 275 in a hope and yeah. a dream. Please just fucking <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. It's it's a shit show. It really is. I mean, at that point I would just yell at Eli to jump. Just jump. Yeah,
0: in. I mean, I have been fuck like, "What it.
1: the fuck is wrong with you?" I just
0: take it out of his hand and do it for him. We got to a point where I used to just swipe him in every time because I was like, I "Yeah, can't, I can't yep. wait for this." Because there were times swipe one of them,
1: swipe it, just yep, keep him behind, behind you. you. My favorite and my
0: favorite thing is that I can do what you're describing, which is if I realize I have a MetroCard that's out, uh, I can go to the machine, I can swipe it, realize it's it's in, you know there's no money on it. As the train is arriving, I can still get money on it and get on the train. Yes. If, even if the train is pulling in as I go to the machine. Oh, yeah. I yes. can do it before, like, in the time it takes to slow down, stop. The I can make it in the doors. As long but, as there's not a But that doesn't work if line, your can't swipe. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Well, you could literally go fill your card, get over there, swipe, get through, and be on the train, and he'd still be at the thing. And like, that has oh, happened. Too fast. That has oh, happened. Too slow. Uh oh.
0: Yeah, yep. where I've like, had to what? get off the train that I just got yeah. on because I oh, was no. ah. in the turnstile. I kid you no. not, this has happened. But Don't marry people from New Jersey. Oh,
2: <laughs> my God. No, yeah. Wait. wait uh, yeah.
0: It's okay. Oh, he knows, really? he knows now. He learned.
1: This is a call-out podcast. Garden State coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, this is our concept episode. Concepts. What we do, you know, we work in sort of cycles of three and so we do like three gods and then we do the fourth episode as our concept episode where we tackle sort of like the overarching themes and sort of what came up that linked the three episodes together which also influences how we group the three gods together in the first place but basically we you know sometimes we use comparative mythology and you know it's it's coffee talk call we'll talk no big what um but okay. <laughs> so the last three episodes that we did y'all were hera
2: um, woo. Yeah. Oh uh, Woo. No. <laughs> we did we Athena. Oh. Uh, uh, boop. uh boop. Boop. Yeah, probably boop. Grubble. Did you just yeah, just Athena? Through. She's coming
1: at you with your mother's loom. You better be careful. You am gonna beat you with this loom. <laughs> <laughs> <fucking> loom. <laughs> and we did Hestia.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: we. we, we, we yeah, we. We're, we're... I feel overall very positive about Hestia. I think she yeah, might on be team like Hestia.
0: Team Hestia. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Unless
0: you're on Team Vince.
1: Yeah. Well, then. Because okay. that's the yeah. original team. <laughs> yeah, and it's still the only team. Just casting that line of desperation out to you guys yet again. Uh, so anyway, um, basically, is this? Are we gonna have to hear about pseudo slander again? Are you upset that you're uh, the no, only one with I a was, fan?
2: No, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going
1: <laughs> to. You fucking better not, because I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go. You know what? I'm actually going to read it to you right no. now. Uh, Is
0: this fan mail? Fan mail.
1: Yeah. No, we have fan mail. So I run a class that's eight weeks long called Witch School, and uh, we have a Discord server for it. And my TAs for the class were so sweet, they put a channel in. For uh, when God was queer. And they were like, hey, you gotta post the episodes here. I was like, oh my God, yay. I was like, thanks, you're so sweet for putting this here. I posted the last M4 episode in there, you know, because I was like, hey, here it is. And Ruby was like, oh my God, yes. And then one of my TAs, not even one of the students, one of my TAs said, I'm sorry, at Dakota, but I'm Team Vince, LMFAO. They just cracked me up too much, especially oh, no. in this episode. And I said, oh, shit. treason. And they said, mm-hmm. I know, I feel like such a traitor. And then somebody else jumped in and put Vince this last episode with a meme. And it's this like crusader night. And it says, do you even praise the sun? <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> You're getting memed already
2: let's go we this praise the, the sun in this house this
0: is the vince vance podcast
1: it is um slowly we're just gonna phase out no one will notice no and yeah it's gonna be it's great it's really lovely
0: we're, we're gonna make merch but it's just vince it's just. Yeah, no. Space. Until
1: someone actually qualifies themselves as team us, we're not even allowed to have merch that has anything to do with us. Yeah. We
0: don't even have team names. We don't even have names. We don't even know what our names are half the time. We just
1: know. No, no, not at all. They'll be like, uh or the guess the other well, I, ones. I kind of like that one, but I can't remember what their name is because they can never they? say their fucking name right.
0: I haven't said no. my name right once yet. No, one. at no, Maybe that's why I don't all. have any fans because they don't know who I am.
1: See, you've been looking under the wrong hashtag. You've been looking under Team Daphne. Apparently, Team Pizza Pasta is popping off. It's all over the place. Yeah. (laughs) It's Daphne
0: Pizza Pasta. Let's get it right.
1: And anybody who likes me would just spite me. So everybody's going to be under hashtag Team Connecticut. And I'll never see it. I'll I'll never know that anyone liked me. Um, So, so yeah. So, you know, considering who we talked about in the past three episodes, it brought up a lot. um, And we sort of discussed it before the show. And one of the things that definitely – seems to be at the core of a lot of our discussion is the idea of feminine archetypes now if you listen to our m4 episode that went live on wednesday we really went in depth and talked a lot about some of the most common deity archetypes even relating ourselves to them and then we give you a cheat sheet on you know what preferred offerings each of us have when we finally and inevitably assume our god forms But we were talking about all these archetypes, and I think it's really interesting to sort of break this down as well by looking at, like, are there feminine (laughs) archetypes? And if there are, what are they? And I kind of think the only way that I would say anything was masculine or feminine is with a gun to my head. But uh, also, (laughs) in this case, though, I would say, I think there are definitely archetypes that I would say tend to be feminine, which means... There are only goddesses in that archetype in any pantheon I've looked at, or there's only like one male outlier. Yeah. And so it kind of seems to be something that tends to be feminized. And I'm, um, you know, depending on where you are and who you're talking about, there can be various reasons for that. But what are some of the classic archetypes that when you think of, you place a goddess in that slot and not a god or an androgynous deity? Love. Love, okay.
0: I think.
2: Other than There's like Fertility I was gonna say Other than the Irish dude The big Irish dude Who's like a fertility god Like most of the time I think fertility goddess
0: I I was about to ask Are there like Masculine fertility gods
1: We literally just talked about Priapus in our last episode
0: Oh yeah
2: Hmm he's You know (laughs) I feel like In terms of I guess
0: I think of them Different though You know It's like the fem I don't know Yeah
2: yeah, I feel like in terms of like a main, because I don't know if I considered Priapus like like a main. God. Like you know what I mean? Like there's, uh, I feel like fertility gods are usually pretty important. It's like they're one of like the big ones, yeah. Yeah, they're like one of the big ones, and I don't feel like that's. I didn't get that impression about Priapus. Yeah, I guess um, I start talking in in terms those of talking
0: about side gods.
1: If you're talking about rank or stature, or are you talking about like popularity? because Priapus was wildly popular
3: popular.
1: Hmm. um, and remained so during the Roman times because his image was heavily apotropaic, meaning it could ward off or deflect the evil eye or any evil, but usually it's used in terms of the evil eye. So having phallic charms were used to ward off the evil eye because the idea, at least in the Mediterranean, is that the evil eye is the enemy of all generative powers, whether that's fertility, virility, the ability to procreate. Uh, and so, or, you know, like uh, like potency <clears throat> as opposed to impotency. So that's why, like, for example, in Italian folk magic, you have the horned hand, right, yeah. the, like, yeah. mano cornuto, which mm-hmm. is actually, believe it or not, uh, linked to, the origins are linked to classical, uh, classic Renaissance and medieval art in which a cuckold would be shown with horns or antlers. Right. So you're literally cuckolding the evil eye. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah, and then there's also the manufico, the manufico, which is, it goes like this, basically. Mm-hmm. It is the, um, you make basically like a fist, but you put your thumb His tucked thumb in between yeah. your pointer and middle, middle finger. And the reason that you do that is it's it translates to the fig hand, but it's actually supposed to imitate a clitoris. And so there was all kinds of, like, kind of body or rude gestures that you were supposed to do to ward off the evil eye. Even today, you know, it's still a thing that, like, Italian men will grab their junk to ward off the evil eye. Like, so, yeah, I mean, Priapus was a huge guardian spirit of fertility. He was, like incredibly important to have in your vineyard in your like amongst your crops watching over everything everything. yeah yeah interesting yeah that's cool y'all y'all got me out here defending a man i know (laughs) what is this episode god we're
0: just having a week
1: but yeah i mean like there are definitely male fertility gods but i think that they're conceptualized very differently differently um, (laughs) yeah They oftentimes could be counterparts, but they are because one does what the other one doesn't, right? Which is very different than, like, understanding, okay, yeah, in a lot of pantheons, the lunar deity is a goddess, right? Right. But then there's, like, three or four easy examples you can give of when the lunar deity is male, but there's not a huge shift between their roles. Right. You know what I mean? It's
0: always kind of the same, yeah. Well, I guess fertility would be different because it deals with, obviously, like... (laughs) Sex in some way, you know, or or at least like bodily functions, or like you know, there's some. It's like they almost can't be the same if we're like talking of like traditional gender stereotypes. Like, then it's kind of like you're you're gonna think about a male version of that differently than a female version of that, you know? Yeah, I mean,
1: if you're going with like a heteronormative interpretation, well, exactly, definitely the way they
0: would think of it, (laughs) right? And
1: it makes sense to think yes, the goddess will relate differently, and you'll relate to the goddess differently because. The fertility of the earth is inherently going to be linked with the womb yeah and so it makes a lot of sense that like you would almost see her as being much more powerful and influential over whether or not the earth can yield anything right right and that's fertility of the earth but then of course when you think about like fertility of humans that's gauged by whether or not you can have kids yeah and the people with the wombs are the ones who are having children and if they're classically typified as female then the female goddess is going to be a lot more powerful than the male god
0: it's funny because i was gonna i was going when we were starting to list them i was thinking and i don't know that i know this but i was going to say the moon the moon does seem female to me so is that yeah. like you were just saying that is actually more typical i mean but i understand the moon doesn't need to be gendered it's sort of like it doesn't even make sense that well the that deity is tied
1: to it the deity is tied and this is what i would say it's just like fertility right it's not about the moon That gets put on the moon, right? Right. Especially as that gets sort of like kind of hard-coded through the Renaissance. You have to remember that we're talking about all of this through a Judeo-Christian context, which has inherently poured concrete over everything for generations. And whether or not they want to admit it, The God of the Bible is a solar God. Mm. That is not negotiable. He comes from a group of Semitic solar gods who were monotheistic. So inherently the moon, and this is why the Virgin Mary is tied to the moon. You know what I mean? Like um, the moon has been long seen as feminine as an, as an effective counterpart, but also as this, there's a lot of like really covertly coded, um, misogyny in there as well, because sure. you know the moon has no light of its own. It's the darkness, right?
0: and
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, the moon, we only see the moon because of the sun's light, because the sun allows us to see the moon, you know? Yeah. And all of the moon's power would be drawn from the sun then in some sort of subtext, right? And so there's a lot there of why it's been posited like that, but if we kind of try and go as far, you know, as much as we can before any of that, you definitely do see that there are male moon gods um, but overwhelmingly they're usually feminine or they're yeah. goddesses. And so it is interesting to sort of examine, like, well, why is that? I think it's honestly because of the link between the lunar cycles and menstruation and that I even mean, before we I was had about to writing. Say it, that obviously makes sense. Yeah. We've always known that was there. You People know, who get their, their
0: periods at least certainly knew. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: absolutely. You know. <laughs> so, I mean, that makes a lot of sense too. And the fact that we associate out of the sun and moon polarity if there is one out of ascribing them a binary polarity a lot of other things flow out of that right and so for example the um, classical western idea that the elements are gendered and that the masculine Mm -hmm. elements are predictably fire and air and the feminine elements are um, earth and water and this is often seen as Uh, again this is just more misogyny because if you think about it well what do they mean by masculine and feminine they mean the active principle versus the passive principle so what is the passive yielding principle it's feminine and what is the active uh, generative or um, catalytic principle it's masculine right so yeah I mean it's definitely interesting when you start thinking about it like well yeah fire gods are usually male Sure. you know and then you think about like well water gods are almost always goddesses right but then it's like well wait a minute hold on take that back a second is it though because there are a lot of male water gods but are there a lot of male earth gods Mm -hmm. and where you find them are they not just the counterpart of a feminine earth mother
3: Mm -hmm.
1: because there are plenty of, of of ancient pantheons that have the earth being sort of a dyad where there's like an earth mother and earth father, like the Etruscans had that. Right. Uh. Um, And the, the Romans carried that over to quite an extent as well. And to some extent, I mean, you know, there is the argument, at least in certain periods that sat that, um, that more Saturn very much than Cronus Saturn and ops who would be Cronus and Rhea. They were both equally of earth. But they did it differently, though. Ops was much more like Gaia, where it's, like, great sort of Titanic goddess, primordial, like, is the source of life and is this much more, like, sort of um, overarching idea. Then you look at Saturn. Saturn's the founder of civilizations and time and how that's measured through the Earth. And so it's interesting that they're still very different. They don't have a lot of overlap, which of course, I mean, if they did, why would you have two? But the the classical very gendered um, elements are fire and water. They're definitely split two and two, but the ones that are like hard line are literally in alchemy, you have the symbols, right? So you have uh, the up pointing triangle is Mm -hmm. fire, the down pointing triangle, is water and then you really think about it you go oh this is a simplistic representation of a phallus and yeah of a yoni basically yeah, yeah and so and then the other two are the same they just have a line through them right and so yeah of course you know you look at air well you know there's so many things that could be air and they're <laughs> a pretty mixed bag and then you think of earth there's so many things that could be earth they're a pretty mixed bag but then you think about earth, you think about fire and water, they're usually gendered that way in terms of binary, deity archetypes. Yeah. Poseidon actually is a bit of an outlier. Uh Poseidon and Neptune.
2: Yeah, cuz I wonder then about Poseidon though cuz he like may have also been an earth god like before the Previously, water yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it makes sense that he's like masculine and then gets put into being a water god like later on and right. it's like hyper masculine
0: uh, it's interesting because he it, yeah. it is like i mean it's like that weird misogynistic thing of like i feel like i mean it makes sense to me in the most in the worst terms ever it's like fire is like strong and angry and passionate you know and like water is like soft but it's not true obviously that isn't real Um, water is not always soft but it's like of course water is feminine it's like you know it's water and it's like cooling and it's like relaxing and it's beautiful compared to fire that's like you know masculine but it's funny because i feel like poseidon definitely doesn't have like a soft water vibe no not at all extremely masculine
1: (laughs) And that's the thing is that they, a lot of times when you had multiples, right? Like for fire, you have multiples, even in the Greek pantheon, you have multiple fire gods and each of them is a different aspect. And those are oftentimes what could easily be seen as the gendered aspects, but it's, it's a multifaceted thing. When you think about fire, you know, fire has, I would say fire has more goddesses than water has gods Mm. that bears out. I think if you were to sort of like account them among yeah. like a lot of different mythologies um, because there is inevitably the difference that you don't have the hearth thing right. with right. water right and when you do it's still very feminine because it's going to be who's the deity who presides over sources of water that the community depends on like a well right. and that's going to be a lot more like northern Europe and then you start getting you know goddesses who are the goddesses of, of like holy wells healing wells and springs and all of those things. And, and even the Greek version of that would have just been, like, the nymphs. You know right. what I mean? Like, the, the naiads and all of them.
0: You know what's funny, though, is that Poseidon, I just re- thought, also, I mean, obviously has the connection to the earth, also horses, but then also has the connection because he's also the weather god, right? And weather, I think of, is more like air. Like, no, wh- he's
1: not the weather god. He can oh, he create have, storms on he just, the ocean.
0: Oh, only on the ocean.
1: Yeah, he can create storms oh. at sea. Well, then but I guess that doesn't count. Zeus being the thunder god is going to be the one who does right, the right, right, land. Right, 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 right. Cuz I the guess ancient still Greek I feel like term. still even
0: sea like sea storms still have to do with air. Like I oh, it just still sure. feels like it still feels like there's like an air element in it related. And if air is like a more masculine energy, you know, it's like when you combine the air that's more masculine with the water that's more feminine, suddenly mm-hmm. like something something that seems more masculine is happening. This is so gross, by the way, that we have to keep doing this. This is I know. like the most binary <laughs> episode. Like, it everyone is. knows this is not what we, this is, these are not our beliefs. We're just saying. No, what, not at all. But also, traditionally. I think, I think showing
1: counterexamples that, like, not everyone came to that same conclusion is important. And I think we're ultimately yeah. saying, no, there are not feminine archetypes, but there are certain slots that a feminine spirit tends to be put into. But that has more to say about what the society views as. what a woman is capable of right so if you look at like air classical air spirits let's say in greece right of course you're gonna have zeus right whoa there it is boom yeah and then so okay well who are the goddesses uh well you have eos who's the goddess of the dawn who gives birth to the to the winds but all the winds are male or boys right And so it's like, well, where do they all fit in? I mean, it's, I guess technically Iris is gonna be air, right? She's sort of Hermes' counterpart, she travels by rainbow, she's got that whole thing. She flies. Even but this is
0: so gendered though, like the, the, the it's female- It's so
1: diminutive.
0: The, the female air gods are like standing air. They're just like, you know, looking at the air. The air is standing there versus like the winds or anything weather related or, you know, is like immediately more masculine. When air is weaponized, it's more masculine. <laughs> there
1: is an ancient Greek goddess of gentle breezes, I will say. Yeah, that she, is, that's, the right, right. that's the closest. That's the closest you can get. <laughs> but it's the same thing, though, with Poseidon, though. Because if you think yeah. about it, like, you know, there is not actually an oceanic goddess, necessarily, that we know a lot about. There were oceanic goddesses that were a lot more archaic, that we really don't know anything about. But if, you're, if you think about it, like, I think the perfect example of, like, Mother Ocean that so many people have been able to relate to and who kind of is all pervading is yamaya or yamoja from the orishas but even with her there's a distinction made that she is the upper depths and that olokun who's chained at the bottom of the ocean is the lower depths Mm. right and like you know you have oshun or ochun who is the sweet waters and sort of rivers on land and all of that. So it does say something about like, yes, you do have water, but then again, like in what capacity do you have water? I'm trying to really rack my brain right now for like an ocean goddess who gets the whole ocean and I'm actually struggling. Hmm. Um, Do you know of any events?
2: I was thinking about this and I was like, I think mm, most of the water goddesses that I think of that are like really kind of like in charge or whatever um like obviously the the come up um but i also think of like south america mm. like the ocean ocean and or water goddesses there are pretty like not like they're like pretty in charge uh, from, from what i remember but it's it's not yeah i don't know it's yeah i i was thinking i didn't think about like the idea of the whole ocean
1: yeah i don't think you see it very much
2: but i wonder too if that has to do with like worldview because i feel like the greeks were so concerned about like making sure their shit was just the same as everyone else's in terms of like mm. this is clearly the same person so we're just gonna we're, gonna we're gonna make that the case i feel like it makes sense to have one god Did just over.
1: insinuate that the greeks are visco girls <laughs> <laughs> the Greeks are walking around Seeing other people's pantheons They're like and Yeah <laughs> I mean
2: Herodotus You know check, check the tapes But I think like Oh Herodotus 100% of...
1: Had a sponsorship From the coldest water That absolutely <laughs> happened Everybody knows that Expose him now Today
2: <laughs> I just feel like It makes more sense For them to try And have Like a Poseidon right because like even over the time of the greeks it's clear that they were trying to organize things in cleaner ways that like uh kind of relegated people into more clear roles and i feel like where we see more powerful water goddesses the way the pantheon is conceptualized is different so it's like the seven powers work very differently than like the pantheon uh of the greeks in which case it makes a lot like those the divisions of water are not so much like you don't get the whole ocean it's like no this is the part like this is where I dwell you know it's like a right. it's a little bit more dominio- like dominion uh, rather than like purview division yeah Um. so I think it's like it's kind of like just like you're saying it's like it kind of is more based off of the way the society is conceptualizing what that energy is capable of
1: it's just so weird to me because I'm like uh, to me if you ask me about any natural feature on the earth and I'm like prime candidate for like a primal androgen I'm like mm. yo the fucking depths of the ocean what do you do it like the ocean <laughs> hello you know what I mean but I think that it also um, it's really interesting if you start thinking about though not the ocean but water starts getting very goddessy because when you look at the goddesses who have to do like in a lot of different groupings and pantheons and cultures who's responsible for rain? it's almost always a goddess because it's linked Mm. with the fertility of the crops, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Who's linked with moisture in general. That's going to be one of the goddesses. Yeah. Um, And the reason being, I think, kind of gets perfectly encapsulated in how the elements were then extrapolated in medieval... I mean, it dates back to the Greeks, but it really became formalized in the Middle Ages and the Renaissance through the humoral system. Right? And the four humors, each one linked to one of the elements. If you don't know, the four humors were supposed to be the four prime fluids that were in your body. So they were blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm and water was linked with phlegm. But phlegm in the humoral system is not what we think of today. Phlegm was every clear liquid in your body that yeah. lubricated and cooled. And so it was still that idea of like water's role is to cool and it also purifies, it expels, you know? It does all of those things. And so inevitably I think it keeps coming back to that same root of like, yeah, that's the, that's the passive. So that's the feminine. So, yeah, I don't know. I I mean, is there any role that you're like, okay, yes, it makes sense to me. There should be a goddess here as opposed to just historically that's where it's gone.
2: I don't know. I will say the water thing does make a lot of sense to me. I think the water Um, thing
1: adds up in a lot of ways. It has a
0: lot of feminine qualities, like innate.
1: I don't even know what innately feminine is. I think that's not thing. Well, I don't either. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, if I was to say, okay, I'm going to make a Pantheon based off of, like, what I think makes sense. I I know for me, the two things I would immediately start constructing my Pantheon around would be the planets and the elements. So for the elements, I know for water, I would almost immediately look for a goddess.
0: Just because it feels right to you?
1: I, I think it would be because... Uh, Historically, goddesses are better at dealing with water in ways that don't kill people. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, whenever there's a masculine force, it's, okay, now we have droughts, now we have floods, now we have this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, goddesses just as much can be furious or vengeful or give and take away, but it seems like there's a whole different quality to the ocean as being full of life and complexity and still being something you have to respect but that you could see as you worship it out of awe and not out of fear when there's a goddess at the helm and i don't know where i'm getting that from but that to me i guess would make sense but then again i i would say honestly if you asked me to have a fire deity it would be a goddess
0: i think it would be a goddess for me as well like that makes a lot of sense to me
1: I've always actually been very attracted to the idea of the sun as being a goddess, and the moon as being a divine androgen. I don't see the need for male anywhere in there.
0: A divine androgen as the moon is like, yeah, that's like spot on. It's constantly obviously. changing. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: why wouldn't it be? Hello, you it's know. It's like
0: mysterious in a good way. It's like yeah. mysterious because it's like it's infinite almost. You know. And
1: it's ephemeral and it's always shifting exactly. and it's, yeah. you know, all those things. I don't think that that necessarily makes sense for either one when you're thinking of a binary. But when you're thinking of the sun, I don't know why I get so stuck on like Amaterasu from like Shintoism and Japan. Like, she's cool. She's rad. <laughs> I mean, she's rad as shit. Obviously, I've, I've like played through Okami like three times. But um, no, I, it just seeing her image, right? And then seeing like Mithras or like Apollo, I'm like, well, one looks regal and one looks like a douchebag in a chariot. Why would I think, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, well, which one seems like it's actually gonna fill the role? They would need to be resplendent, and I think inherently there would need to be something about them that was not necessarily beautiful, but that was awe-inspiring. And I don't see a lot of that is awe-inspiring about many solar gods, but when there's a solar goddess. She's on, like, a whole nother level.
0: We're just, like, make them all goddesses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't see why not. Fire all the
0: gods.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I've always seen Earth as much more the realm of a god.
0: Hmm.
1: And I don't know why. I mean, of course, there's the whole Earth sign thing of, like, Earth signs are logical, and they're practical, and they're analytical, and they're all those things. But then again, like, that's not inherently masculine at all.
0: I think that's actually more feminine to be honest. Yeah,
1: I think it could go either way.
0: Stereotypically maybe not, but it, it has a the the thoughtfulness is I think I mean all of this is so arbitrary for, you know. It uh, is. It's like it's like we're playing a weird game that we don't even we don't even like the rules.
1: No, but, we don't. Not at all.
0: Uh but playing under the, you know, we have to. We have to follow these rules for this subject a little bit, but what what do you think? I'm curious what you two think about like war.
2: So, I feel like I just I hesitate to do that and this is this is uh, for a few reasons, but I hesitate to do that with uh, gods that kind of come off of uh, the African continent because I think of like Ra in terms, or like Amun in terms of like solar gods before I think of really anything else. Um, and I think of really like, yeah.
1: You don't think of Mater- like, if I'm thinking Egyptian, the very first one that I would think of for the sun, and I'm you know, I'm kind of like I'm looking at this as if like you asked me who's in charge of the weather. I'm not going to immediately say Zeus if I'm trying to really look at it, right? Yeah. My very first thing if I think about Egyptian would be Sekhmet because she's like the the true strength of the sun's light and heat.
2: Yeah. If that makes but sense. But I guess Yeah, but I guess like her name being like Might is like part of the sun whereas I think like Ra her dad Oh, who, like, is the sun? You know what I mean? Is the, sun, is the yeah. sun? Okay, right? Like all, the sun in all parts of it. Like it is the thing that lets all of this shit happen, right? Because it's doing it's hot in the way that it is restrictive, but it is hot in the way that it is generative as well, right? And so I think like, uh, and then also like the way that Ra employs like his family and or children in the in the mytho, like in the way those stories work um where it's like the sun works with other things whereas i think in a lot of other places it's just like getting in the chariot and like yes there's whoever else can maybe stand in the chariot but it feels like some of the stories that i've at least that i've read uh there's a lot more like no we're, we work together to make this thing happen i just am in charge because i was you know because i'm me um and I think with, like, the earth is kind of hard to move away from, like, the womb, I think. Just because it's literally, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe that's just, like, hardcore wiring. But, like, I, mean, I feel like it's, but it's, like, it's pretty, di- like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it can, it's, like, it's, like, the type of soil matters. Like, the temperament of, like, that area on the earth matters uh it's like something goes in, has to like kind of grow until it can stand on its own and then turn into something else that also does that um and then like you know fruit have it you know what i mean like it's just kind of like hard i don't know to from to move Make it that from not the womb feminine or female in some way yeah
1: see that's so interesting because i immediately i just realized i already have in my head well no obviously that's masculine because that's more logical and informed and structured And the intuition and instinct and intention-based approach is more feminine. See, which again, as I say it, I'm like, I don't believe that. I don't know where I got that from.
2: I love that we're just purging all of our heteronormative programming during this episode out of our heads. Yeah, (laughs) but I think like the the like more magnetized part of this is like that masculine energy as being associated with fire and and or air when it is it's because of unpredictability um and like like you could fuck with this and you probably like it could have it could work but it also might fuck you up just because why not whereas like with water and earth it's more like about structure and reliability um because like you can't have anything civilization wise without a river um that just like historically is the case um and in terms of but you can't either
1: without fire yeah uh,
2: but then then is that where earth stabilizes fire
1: because you have an actual fire that's tended and kept I was gonna say
2: I think like that's the thing is like why fire and water tend to be like seen as kind of primary in that whole thing and then wind or like air and earth Uh, because like those two like if you like you could without fire and you don't get civilizations you get we have to go in a cave when it rains um <laughs> uh so like yeah you can you can you can have a situation but like the other way around is like you don't get a civilization because you have to travel to water when you need it which is ev- all the time right there is so in order
1: f- very clearly air- an air sign somewhere screaming yeah good luck breathing bitch I, I just I just want to point that out. I don't yeah. necessarily agree with it, uh, but I do think that that. Is...
2: But we're we're talking about like and Earth signs
1: and... are pissed and are like, well, what do you think you live on?
2: Right. Well, we're talking about structure. Ver- I have, like, there's like structure versus generation there. 'Cause it's like if we're talking about generative forces, yeah. right, air was here before shit lives here. Right, Earth was exactly. here before shit lived here. Right. Right. But like fire and water to some degree allow things to like move and change and like grow and all fire that
0: and shit. water are more like resources and like air and air, land and, like, are kind of like that's just like, they're what's yeah. they're like the arena structure,
2: like the structure, right? Like the structure here. of everything. Right. And then yeah. I feel like like water, you don't go anywhere without air. Yeah. And you can't like, if you're standing on something, it's inescapable. there's earth. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Even really... under
0: the water, there's more earth. Like it doesn't, it's all right. just earth. Yeah. That's
2: actually really interesting. Cause in a
1: way, that's what I've tried to relate to my students when we do our week on the elements and correspondences. As I say, I think it's a lot more useful to think about them again, not as male or female, right? The elements, but to think about what do they actually do? What what do they actually involve? And so for example, you have the personal and the impersonal elements. So the personal elements are water and fire, right? Because in a lot of ways, fire is linked with our will to live, our divine spark, our soul spirit, whatever it is that you want to call it. Water has to do with our experiences of like love, spirituality, um, emotions, Um, so many things about what fills in the rest of life. Like, you know, fire is you're alive. Water is a lot of, like, what do you actually do with it? And And then, yeah. yeah, and then if you think about, like, earth and air, they're the impersonal elements in that they have a lot more to do with, like, setting, surrounding, Action. and like how what's actually we... happening, yeah. Yeah, and, like, like the situation. environment in which you are alive and what you're doing what you're doing, right? Right. Not impersonal and that they don't have anything to do with you, because it's more in a lot external. of ways... It's more, it's like, more external. It, it's external. Because air is undoubtedly the element of communication, right? Yeah. So, but that has nothing to do with necessarily like what you are internally it's how you convey what you are internally to someone else right It's
0: outside of the body it's outside of the spirit it's right it's the things around like we're saying it's more like the architecture and the right other two are and earth like is the stage
1: it's happening on right yeah. so yeah i mean i think yeah that's really interesting is there any archetype of deity that you're like i can't see a goddess doing that
0: No, I guess not. It's kind of hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, I
1: I can't think of one. I I genuinely can't think of one. Yeah, I'm
0: trying to like... I was trying to
2: think of like... Yeah, like I was trying to think of like ones that I kind of just like think of as masculine. And then I like was like, could a woman do that? I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And there's usually an example. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. There are
0: definitely ones that seem less like they don't, you know, come to mind as feminine like on instantly.
1: Now, yeah. flip the question. Are there in any archetypes that you can think of that you inherently are like, a god could not do that. It has to be a goddess. I just don't want them to involve a childbirth.
0: Yeah, they probably shouldn't. But... Okay. I
2: just I just don't want it.
1: Now, is this because, in inherent in this question, I should have said, was are we treating these deities as all uh, made in the form of a cis-binary individual?
0: Well, we're not talking androgen in this scenario right we're just talking
1: no not necessarily if i had the chance you know what i mean why would i not want a trans woman that was going to you know be the banner under which i went to war who's a warrior goddess for sure um or to call out to a birth a birthing god a childbearing god who also has a womb and would give me strength to get through it you know uh, that, to me, is where they all You're just describing why
0: up. trans people are superior is what Yeah, we're describing. just better. It just like, in, hey, it we're right. It's just a better thing. Yeah. There's us
1: non-binary people like, hey, we're the cosmos. It immediately sounds cooler.
0: I'm like, yeah, a trans woman leading you to war. Like, that's just cooler. It's cooler. That's.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. That's kind of how I imagine Bologna and, like, even to an extent, Minerva to be in my head. Like, I think oh, the idea that the you know. more
0: multifaceted and the more transcendent you are, like, you're going to be a more powerful being. And that can happen in a million different ways, and, like, your gender can be one of them. You know, I think that... The just... Well, that's
1: like when we talked about Agdistess. You remember Agnestes? Yeah, exactly. And it's like <laughs> the other gods literally feared this god because they were like, uh, no, excuse me, hello, hi, you have to check one of these boxes or... Figure it out. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, like, uh, this entire conversation is moot if we just have androgynous gods all over the place thank you so much um, but yeah I, it's it's so funny to me because I, I wonder if it's a thing we can even ever get away from because technically the god of the bible is androgynous
3: hmm.
1: technically because you ask any Christian they'll be like yes, yes God transcends gender but they will refuse to refer to him as anything That's but he him or yeah. Father God. They won't do it. And so that to me has always been like, huh, okay. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons, patriarchy, the whole thing. Yeah. But but even you admit that God, what attests to your God's power is that he transcends gender because that's only a human concept.
0: Yeah, but men, ha- it's the patriarchy. I mean, men have to be the default. It has to be he. It right. has to be the right. default. And then the female has to be the secondary. Right, right gender it has to be a secondary thing which is ridiculous but (laughs) i
1: mean if that's but that if that's your creation story though is that you know eve is derivative
2: of adam
0: well exactly that's it's all over come on yeah
1: it's (laughs) the the entire thing the whole
2: thing yeah but i think there's also a thing though in terms of like a spectrum in that if like it is somewhat true that our image and Whatever God and gods are, um, and their image are reflective, then that there would be, um, like essentially for any experience that can happen here, there is like some God that knows that experience. It's like more about cultural restriction of thinking than it is, yeah, the the divinity. I
1: mean, aren't you tempted to like just address gods with the same thing that we know to be biblically accurate for fucking angels? You know what I mean? Like, an angel shows up in the Bible, and they say two words to anybody that they show up to. Fear not. And that's because we think, for some fucked up reason... We we make this a thing that they look like precious moments figurines. When it turns out they're just no, these like spinning wheels silly. that are covered in eyes and on Eyeballs. fire. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, okay, that I could fall down on my knees and worship. You know, like that I could do. If that shows up,
0: you're gonna have. A if response. that shows up,
1: and I'm like, are you the sun god? What do you mean you're just an angel and you serve the old guy on the throne? That can't be right. You know, like, so yeah. I to me, I I'm also very tempted to to always. Make space in the conversation for, like, you know, it. I think it makes a lot of sense that we imagine these gods as like perfect humans, right? But mm-hmm. I think there's also a reason that there's just been this eternal allure of the Egyptian gods and mm. the fact that they're portrayed with animal heads, even if that's actually most supposed to be more symbolic than anything else, depending on the interpretation. But, like, it is that thing of like what marks you out as a god though like yeah. i don't really care if you're just like a perfect human you're like okay great i have but to like, say it, yeah. like
0: yeah I'm there sorry. should be something
1: transcendent you know and so to me when i think about like okay the fact that you have like yeah the queen of sheba visiting king solomon right and he makes her walk across this floor with mirrors to see up her skirt and it's um, you know, immediately we think like, oh, it's because he's a creep. No, it's because he's trying to make sure she's not Lilith because she would have a goat's leg or she'd have an ass's tail, or so there would be a dead giveaway that she was who she was. And I'm like, how is that not more sacred? You know what I'm saying? like right, that yeah. that to me is like, whoa, you bear you bear some marker of your divine status, and it's not just that you don't die as far as we know, but that there's something about you. That divorces you from the common experience of humanity and means that you are inherently transcendent.
0: The worst thing I can imagine, I think, I'll explain, but the worst thing I can imagine is that I become a god or come back as a god, awaken as a god, and then I realize that I'm still a fucking woman god. And that's not because I have a problem with femininity. It's because you're still – then you're still stuck in the patriarchy. As a god, like, right. as a, I get to be right. a god, and I'm still like, oh, but you're, like, the other – you're the other kind of god. Like, even as a – becoming a god, I can't transcend this bullshit. Like, right. I still have to play by right. these same rules. It's like we're just fucking gods. Who gives right. a shit? Like, does this – why does this still exist? Like, you know what I mean? At that level, yeah. why is that even a concept? Like, we're just stupid fucking humans down here who can't figure anything out that wasn't, like, what we have been told for our entire lives. But, like, up there, like, really? You know, like, or down yeah. there or wherever? Like, you can't transcend this? this these ridiculous arbitrary rules?
1: Which like, seems to be, like, and that's why I get so... I'm so always, like, uh, my my heart is so in the telling of the stories of... Agdistus, Aschudamir, yeah. all these different gods, but inherently in every single one of their, you know, original cultures, they're minor gods, and they're who kind are of almost, still who are othered, largely forgotten, right? and they are yeah. other. They're they're, they're punished still the for exception. who they are. They're
0: still like it's still not that should be the ultimate form, the one that transcends all of these limitations, because in the end, even if you're Zeus, you're still limited. There are p- qualities that you're ch- we've decided you don't have access to because you're a man. And right. so you have, even if those are lesser qualities, you you still are putting yourself in the box that you don't have access to those things because of whatever. Like, does he even have a fucking cock? I don't know. Sometimes he's, you know, he sometimes he's a ray of light. Like, it doesn't, who cares? Like, why are we still limiting this? To be the androgynous form is suddenly, like, that should be so much more powerful. It's like, you have access to everything. You tr- You know, you are, like, beyond these limitations. But, yeah. like, it's like we've set these limitations even for the greatest, quote, unquote, gods we are still forcing them to play within these limitations which is such a weird that shows you how deep our like indoctrination goes yeah like the most powerful things we can conceive of still have a gender (laughs) like oh my god how depressing that makes me pretty sad (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like the further we go back, the less we see that. Yeah, and I Absolutely. think like that's why I really like to to the point of like what distinguishes you as a god other than being like a perfect human that doesn't die, and that's why I really love the image of Anana, like always yeah. atop of, like a lion. Yes, because it's just like immediately upon seeing that, regardless of culture, you see a woman on top of a lion, and you're like, I'ma back up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. she knows something right. I don't because she's on a fucking lion. The lion's line. chilling. Right. Right. And like that's or like Kali. Just like the the image of Hell Kali yeah. is just like yeah. okay. You know what? Let me let me let me back up. You know, um, and so I think like uh, yes, there's still you know there's obviously these things that still kind of uh, interweave themselves in the way that these stories are told. But I think if we think about like these entities as more than the stories because like it's the stories are what we can remember of them uh, or thought to think down or uh, thought to write down of them Um, then that in and of itself without even really having to think about the way that we conceptualize patriarchy or patriarchy kind of just like makes it a non-issue because it's like the way that we've been telling their stories is probably like at at most a 25 to 35 percent fragment of what they actually are as, as existences right and so it's like it's not even so much that like damn we have to play the rules up here it's just like those rules are for tic-tac-toe and they're playing like Nokian chess. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it doesn't even like apply. You know, It's not even like yeah. we have to worry about it in that way. Well, because all and we're left think,
1: with is the way that it was written by the people who supposedly yeah. you know, right. left us the idea, and they're only going to be able to write it in the ways that they understand. Because there was, I can't remember who said it, but there was either a Greek or Roman guy who said, one of the most profound things I think I've ever read, which was, if horses could draw their gods, they would draw their gods as horses. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely
1: You know what I mean and so that To me is like okay does that Validate the premise or does that Say no you'll draw them as horses Because it's all you understand
3: Right.
2: Well, there's that classic thing of like, you know, God showing up to you and it being like it looking like someone, you know, and it's like, no, this is just like what your brain can handle. This is going to be the easiest way for us to have this conversation is if you see something familiar. And that is
0: that is really powerful and it comes up in people's dreams all the time. It's like any profound experience is through something that, you know, in one way or another, whether it's a person, you know, or, you know, it's something familiar because our brains can only can only work that way, I guess.
2: It's also, like, in terms of light, right? Like, our eye, like, our cones and rods, you can only perceive a certain right. band of light, so that's exactly. all the colors that exist to us, right? But it's not Whereas, like, everything. you have insects and snakes and all of these other things, you can see other bands of light, so their existence is completely different from yeah. ours just by virtue of what they can see and perceive. And that know.
1: would inherently shape your worldview. That Precisely. would inherently shape it. And so right. I think it makes, yeah, it makes a lot of sense when you think about, like... Which light. is
2: what makes, like, eldritch horror so scary is because right. it's, like, the, the purpose of it is to be outside of what we can, like, understand, which... Which is inherently scary yeah it's know? supposed
1: to be inherently mind-breaking and in that right. like, it will drive you insane to even behold it you know right and that's the whole thing is that i think that's that's the that's the part is why would a god form immolate you right and do we really think <laughs> that it's just a leveled up version of what you already saw and so now it's just a god but they're made of sunlight and it, right. it's the same exact dude it's like mm. probably not Probably. Right. Probably it's <laughs> yeah. wheels of eyes on fire, so you know? Like what does the sun actually look something? like? A yeah. giant
2: hellscape of flaming whips and shit, right. like, coming off of it, right? Like right. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's also, like, you know, I'm, there's this manga that I'm reading called Chainsaw Man, and it has all these different, like, devils in it. And at one point, there's, like, this, uh, there's, like, the idea of primal fe- Like, the devils are all based off of a fear, mm. and the more that people are scared of it, the more powerful the devil is, you know, you know. Uh, and so there's like primal fears which have been around forever because they've never died like that fear has never gone away and one of them is darkness right. Um, and so there's this part where like someone's using the, like, the darkness devil's power it's like super powerful whatever but they get trapped by something called the cosmos devil and they're like standing in this library Um, And they essentially say this thing where it's like, yeah, you thought you understood everything because you got the power of darkness and you thought that revealed everything to you. But that only is like a page in this book, in this library. In a second, I'm going to reveal everything in this library to you. And they're like, what's going to happen to me then? And they're like, I don't know. And then uh, the next panel is just like the head just like on fire. Yeah. Um, So it's like the idea of like. Uh, well it's opening the Ark <laughs> yeah, of the Covenant. That's, right, it, yeah, your exactly. face is gonna melt. Like <laughs> yeah. it yeah. been, it you off.
1: can't behold that glory in your fucking failing rotting meat suit Shit that you're writing yeah. in yeah. right now. How could you? Yeah. And so
2: like through history we've like, because we've, you know, become writers, we've become people who think about we have metacognition and as we've progressed we've tried to get closer to the idea of God or to try and understand it like we have try and understand everything else. But I feel like the further you go back, when people were just like, I don't understand that shit, it's scary, I'm going to respect it. They were close. <laughs> right. The further you go back, when you trace those stories of the gods, you get less of this gender patriarchy shit. Yes, there are still the divisions. Yes, there's still traces of it in the way that it's like uh, written down. But like in conceptualizing it, if we can kind of use that as like, a, oh, that's a layer that we have to peel back, then you get like uh one things get more quote-unquote eldritch because they become like these it's like i'm not just a god of war i'm a god of war love all the things that it, it, like that is passion yeah that, like it's generative right and like that and then like what do i look like right yeah. it gets way more beyond our compre- comprehension because it's more like it's not if god exists it's like god exists <laughs> like exclamation point you know um So I feel like going – even going backwards in terms of, like, the way that these gods are conceptualized can also help Well, it's like when we talked about the
1: primordial gods in our very first episode, and we talked about Erebus, and we talked about Tartarus, and we talked about these different things that are a place Mm -hmm. and also a god, and they are called masculine because of a lack of a better term, really. Like, they're just – They're a concept and a personality maybe, but there's no myths in which their personality is actually even indicated. And so, yeah, I mean, it it is that. And that also speaks to, I think, one of the base building blocks of all religious and spiritual experience throughout human history. There's two basic building blocks of religious and spiritual experience everywhere among all peoples, and they are animism and ancestor veneration. And without those two, you don't get religion in the world today, regardless of how current dominant religions have tried to distance themselves or redefine those concepts. That is what you have to have and what you find literally everywhere with everyone, every human society, every era of humanity. You find those two things. And so when you think about peeling back those layers, like you were saying, all you're doing is returning to a really pure animism which is just basically everything is full of life and holy shit i better be careful
3: <laughs> you know what
1: i mean like and so at its worst
2: and at its best it's like everything is full of life i i have to like i'm not just able to like look in one direction everything is important so like it makes me feel more part of everything right mm-hmm. it's like anti-individualism oh 100 um, percent. it's 100 percent collectivism for sure yeah
1: but it also... Return
2: to primordial soup. All of us. Yes! Skip, the, skip return to monk. We have to skip return to monk and return immediately to the soup.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like, And I think that's all, kind of why I posited such a flawed question in the first place was so that we could deconstruct it like this, which I think was really important to be able to share with folks. And that sort of leads us to the next question, which is a little difficult to answer, but we understand on some level that basically any goddess that we look at has been demoted, diminished, or there's been attempts to destroy or erase her, right? And so one of the things that one of our listeners asked was, what do we think that these goddesses would tell us about themselves if they could communicate with us uh outside of the male gaze and the patriarchal writers and all of that how would they reveal themselves you know
2: yeah i think about like i don't even know if it was some be something they would have to say but something you would just immediately realize as a result of them re- like revealing this to you in the sense that like that you're on fire uh, Maybe in that flame and you're just maybe that flame doesn't even hurt because you're just like, wow, I'm getting to be on a different level of understanding right now. And it's like the way that we conceptualize all of these experiences um, is, again, has we have to be reminded that it's very much so doesn't have to be the only, let alone the best way to conceptualize the universe. Um, and if I'm a deity, I'd probably want to remind someone that I was like, kind of talking to about, about that. So not even on some, like, I'm a flex on you cause I'm an extra dimensional being type shit. But like, in terms of like, if we are to have an effective conversation, you have to understand that like the way that I conceptualize things is ultimately different than the way that you can conceptualize things. And so like, in terms of being like, uh, a feminine deity, I think one thing could be just like maybe it's not so much it's just like the the even the the idea of femininity might not be binary in and of itself of course mm-hmm. but we have like because that's the way we've talked about it for so long that right. we kind of like attacked but it's like the idea of femininity might not even be binary be in, in, in the divine form uh in terms of like thinking about like trans folks and like how in different stories they just change to be what is appropriate right um And, like, that is the ultimate form. I just happen to sometimes look, like, this way. Because I like looking this way. Or, like, it might just be, like, I like looking this way. Or this is
1: the way way that you can witness me. You know, Like, this
2: is the way you can actually see me. And be useful in terms of you knowing this information rather than you just being, like, ah. It could be
1: entirely utilitarian. Yeah, you're absolutely right.
2: Which I think could be really – I think of, like, to kind of – I'm always kind of in in those questions trying to push power back in their direction in terms of, like, how I'm trying to conceptualize it. Yeah. And, like, I go from there to see if I can start to kind of make sense that way before I use what I know because I know that what I know is probably, you know, kind of off. Sometimes, yeah, it's like
1: okay uh well i've seen it this okay let me stop because this is all fruit of the poison tree if i'm literally trying (laughs) to think outside of what i know that i Um, why am i reflexively doing this yeah it's rough like you know what's so funny is that sometimes it can sometimes there's this really weird thing where it's not all tainted Mm. it's misplaced Mm. and so if you actually think about science fiction right And especially more recent science fiction and what happens in 2001 A Space Odyssey or Arrival or any of those movies where essentially the human somehow connects with the aliens and it's this transcendent mind-breaking experience and it's this whole new reality and it's all of that. And it's so funny that we can so easily go straight there when it's aliens but we yeah. can't go there when it's God's. <laughs>
2: right. That's
1: yeah. not our first stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's why, like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, what's the secret of, the, of life? 42. You know, like that is, why would I not think that that's what God would say at the pearly gates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course that would be the answer and I wouldn't fucking get it. You know? Like, right. You know that, what I mean? like, yeah. Of course. You yeah, know? exactly. Like there, there's always been that old kind of thing in, in Christianity of like, yeah, you know, like, uh, when you get up there, you know, you're going to be able to ask God one question. What's it going to be? You know, and it's like, yeah, of course, that's how it would go.
3: You yeah. know what I'm
1: saying? Like, and he's probably trying. He's he's literally telling you the answer, but you just you can't even possibly fathom it. And so I think that's really interesting when I think about, you know, like this really wild. I'm trying to think of more movies that have done it, but there's been a lot of them. Um, Arrival was fabulous. You know, the classic is, of course, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, what was the
2: one that was, um, she goes to that light tower and like, it's like a, it's like a field of like bioevolution and it's like changing everything in the field. Are you talking it's about called, like, with Natalie Portman? Movie? I'm not good with the whole, yes.
1: It's like a team of women that go out and they yeah, are trying to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um. I didn't, I didn't
2: more. know how I felt about that movie when I first watched it, I don't think but I that. it came, yeah, I, I, I came around on it. it. It's actually kind of cool.
1: Uh, Annihilation.
2: There it is, Annihilation.
1: But even, like, even something as simple as, like, what would it be to... Because I think there, what's laced into this conversation on a lot of levels that we all understand, but it, it is useful to sort of make it more explicit, is, well, you know... And, and I wasn't... It was sort of rhetorical when I was saying, like, well, what makes a god a god? The fact that they don't die, supposedly? Like, it, yeah. that is sort of a challenge that I think sometimes we do need to, like, think of. And, you know, the fact that you... Can come up with the idea of a planeswalker in Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah. And that's not inherently the definition of a god, is (laughs) wild, you know? Or the fact that, like, we understand there is the multiverse theory, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and it it makes a ton of sense that, like, that there would be a multiverse and there would be all these dimensions. Mm -hmm. Who would be able to move between them? Yeah. Right. And who would be able to influence things? in multiple realms, possibly simultaneously.
2: Yeah, I think that's why, like, the whole ancient aliens and just people who, like, are, like, into alien stuff just kind of strike me as a little racist. Because the idea is, like, there are people telling you stories about literally their interaction with the intelligences that gave them the intelligence shit. Like it's literally like these are tombs, right. these are like spirit places, and they're like literally like, hey, yeah, that they're telling the moon how that happened. came down <laughs> and lo- was like holding a bunny and was like, hey, can you do this? I'm I'm gonna need you to do this, and then I can help you out. And we were like, yeah, okay, and then we did the thing, and then boom, a civilization. So it's like you just don't believe them, like they literally like <laughs> writing the it down the implication
0: being like, oh, you just didn't get it. That it was right aliens. it's like, like or it's you just, just like it, it, it you couldn't like possibly be
2: and... these people like these yeah. people from this part of the world because that doesn't match with our worldview oh 100%, so it has to be something time. that we don't understand yes so it's but it's like
0: you, you guys didn't get it but like we'll no it's it to
2: literally <laughs> yeah. everywhere else in the world for the most part was like hey uh there's stuff up there and they're saying to do stuff down here and right. it keeps working so we're gonna keep doing it right we'll, we'll write it down to make sure we keep you, doing you it in the future yeah but that's um, a th- it, so it is <laughs> that classic thing of,
1: like, yeah, the Roman Colosseum, obviously the height of human invention. The fucking Greek pyramids, yeah, yeah. obviously the fucking, you know, the aliens dropped them off. It's like, <laughs> ex- excuse me? Like, you can have reservations about the fucking slave-built pyramids, sure. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> to say that humans didn't make them is just you... <laughs> Just say you hate black people and go. Like, you don't have to make it this – don't try to come up with a cogent argument. All you're doing is showing your ass because you don't apply it across the board. If you're not going to say that same exact thing about Stonehenge – and sometimes they do, but in a really even grossly more racist way, where they'll be like, yeah, no, the aliens are the ones that built the pyramids. And you're like, what about Stonehenge? like, oh, yeah. Those people were really evolved, and they were able to communicate with the aliens. So they created yeah. Stonehenge like, so they so could so commune still, like, with the aliens. Yeah. And you're like, uh, "Are you talking about the people who were like covered in shit and filth when everybody yes. in China could write?" So Is I'm that gonna, what you're talking about?
2: Right. I'm like, maybe the intelligences that were interested in doing things up there were much more about like blood and murder and like taking things from people. Um, so that's what y'all were focused on. Right. And that's fine. Right. It was, you know, it's just like, let's not then be mad at the intelligence that were like, Hey, you want to, you want, do you want binary systems so you can make computers later or like, (laughs) yeah. Uh, hey, you want to know how to, like, make steel before anyone else? Right! Because I gave you this specific cave that gets hotter than anywhere else, yeah. and you can just do this? Like, instead of... You know what I mean? Like, like, right.
1: <laughs> no, it is. It's is. It's like, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander then. And, like, you're not going to like what comes out because it's still not going to be Europe, so, like, you need to calm down. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, is, uh, it is wild, like, to see where and when people want to apply that shit, and And then sort of looking at it and saying, well, is there much of a difference between the idea that a god invented something and gave it to humanity, or aliens came and gave it to humanity, and why would these people back then write those two things differently?
3: Right, exactly.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that is wild to really think about. It's like, yeah, I mean, if their only conceptual thing that they had was gods, you know, and this thing came down from heaven in a chariot.
2: And then like,
3: you know, like,
1: but here's the
2: ultimate difference. I think is that the aliens is kind of col- like colonialism. Cause we imagine them colonizing us in the yeah. sense that they don't have like an origin or a context. Right. Mm. Whereas like gods very specifically do have a context. Yes. So I think of it more so in the sense that like, for instance, tying it back to the whole tri-state area conversation like the way that we have preferences of where to live right like we could live somewhere else but it's like no i want to be here right like i think about like the aliens are always some extraterrestrial they're always coming from somewhere else not from the sky from somewhere else whereas like god's seem to have, again, kind of going back to something I said earlier in terms of, like, they have families, right? Like, so if we, like, in terms of forgotten gods, like, their families have been wiped out, which doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just now they're, what they do and the context of what they do might not be the same, in which case they might go and do something else, right? right? And they might become, they might be known as another name. But it's, like, in terms of, like, the difference between aliens and gods, it's, like, conceptually, yeah, it's dumb that people separate them. Um, But... And And I'm somebody who, like,
1: I get that it's dumb, but I I need that separation. Just (laughs) just so that I know who's in the room and who I'm talking to. Right, exactly. I need (laughs) that separation. It's useful, even though it's stupid. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel nervous even bringing it up here to be like, okay. You never know who you're talking to. I love both of you. We've been friends for a long time, all of us. (laughs) Somebody might come out their neck with some weird, like, Illuminati, reptilian weird shit and i'm going to be like all right well that was the podcast everybody and the podcast <laughs> is over you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, because you know it's so funny like kai is somebody who i absolutely adore and i love and kai has some very interesting ideas about the nephilim and yeah. how the nephilim were probably related to aliens in some way and like it's this whole thing and like the butiko virus and and i could hear kai talk about it all day and I don't subscribe to any of it and I'm like right. you know it it there's a place there are places my brain will not go
0: and right. I <laughs> at some point
1: I every single time I go I'm going to push it reflexively I go never allow your brain to not go somewhere and then i've done that for a lot of years and then i've realized you know what not every space is for my brain to go
3: it doesn't (laughs) mean that's okay and i could be wrong
1: i could be betting on the wrong horse here but you know what i'm gonna go ahead and keep it a little simpler for myself and just think about gods and temples and sacrificial animals and like that's fine for me like I... Which is
2: which is awesome because I think there's, like, inherently in the way that some of these families of gods are set up, they have gods where it's like, hey, I'm just going to take care of you even if you don't want to really know the mystery of me. But they also have gods that are like, nah, we're a book club. We're about to get into this shit. And everyone's like, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if there's gods that reflect that in us as well. Like, gods who are like, look, so thinking... Like about everything all the time, stressful. Why would I want to do that? I know you don't want to do that. Right, let's right. Think about like something that's way cooler than that, like s- plants or something. You know what yeah, I mean? like, right. Like, let's just hyper focus on this. And that there's people for that, and there's people who are like thoth you know people who are just like i want to think about the eternal libraries of everything that has happened right <laughs> and yeah Bob and for some people like, right, they're
1: like down. all about that they're like yeah girl the akashic <laughs> records and i'm like i'll yeah. see you later like i'm not going i don't i'm not interested and that's not cool interesting that to me yeah. <laughs> you know like that's actually not where i w- if that was heaven i'd be pissed like i would yeah. be really upset like i know there's no there, no and a lot of this has come up for me because I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I, I started watching Star Trek. Interesting. Um, because apparently <laughs> every queer I know watches Star Trek. That's I true. don't know why. I just Most noticed, of them do. I noticed all of a sudden in my feed, <laughs> like so all of these posts yeah. from queers about Star Trek. And I think it's because um, they just put like a bunch of the, all the Star Treks like on Netflix or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, everyone's posting these memes, or whatever. Finally, one of my friends posted it, and I just went, I commented, I went, "All right, what's What's, I, going on? what's happening? Do I need to watch this <laughs> fucking show or what?" Because as far as I knew, Star Trek was like neckbeard bro house bullshit, and I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not ever gonna go there. Why would I? That's terrible." Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, "No, no, that's 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 the other Star franchise. That's." Yeah. They're very different. And I'm like, are they? And they're like, yeah. "Yeah." Yeah. And I'm like, okay. what I understand, Well, tell me about it. And this is the thing. I randomly, years ago, watched all of Battlestar Galactica and (laughs) loved it. Like, absolutely loved it. And and I'm not against uh, sci-fi. I like sci-fi. But there's a specific really, like, kind of crunchy, super dude, like, Brand of sci-fi that I'm really good without. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because of the 60s version of Star Trek, I thought, oh, that's exactly what this is. I'm good. And they were like, oh, no, girl. Like, this is what's happening. And I'm like, well, it has Patrick Stewart. So I'm going to be fine, at least yeah. for a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. Because I could just watch Patrick Stewart any time. I mean, Do the man whatever. is, like, yeah, just lovely, amazing. you know? Yeah. And then I go to do it and and this is the thing i was like well there's all these names i don't know which one to start with they're like you can start wherever you want i'm like that doesn't help me you have to understand if i get into a series i'm like a completionist like i need to know everything i I get very devoted to it you know and i want to know all the trivia like i you know i'm very like that and so somebody was like well don't even bother watching the one from the 60s because it's trash and it doesn't even really relate to the, to the more recent ones. I'm like, okay, that's – thanks. I'm, that's going to be rough to watch. Because um, it's just basically like William Shatner looking like just a babe and, like, harassing Angeles. black men yeah. and slapping women. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm good. I don't need to watch it's just, this. It's pretty yes. silly. So it's bad. So anyway, I they were like, well, you can always start with The Next Generation because that's basically the very first time they did Star Trek after the 60s. It's late 80s, right. goes into the 90s. You get, you know, Picard, which is Patrick Stewart, and you're going to love it. I'm like, all right. So I start it. I go to start it, and you know how they have, like, a still image on – it, and Whoopi Goldberg's there with this, like, wild blue hat on. And I'm like, all right, now I'm really in. Because, like, late 80s, early 90s, Whoopi was the ultimate,
3: okay? Yeah. Like,
1: oh, you were you were on a spaceship, on uh, like, during your daytime gig, and then you did, like, Sister Act 2? Like, cool, I'm in. Like, yeah. this is fine for me.
3: <laughs> joyful, joyful. Uh,
1: so, basically, I was like, okay, cool, I'll watch it. And so, I'm obsessed. I'm already on season three. And one of the things that's really interesting is they have this thing called the Prime Directive and it sort of guides everything that they do and it's that they can't interfere with civilizations who have not evolved to their point yet so for example like if they don't have space travel they can't just like give them space travel they have to allow them to evolve the same way humans evolved wow and they have to also respect all life so there's like even an episode where there's these like little tiny computer they're called nanites and they start to demonstrate intelligence and collective force, and they're destroying their ship. And they're like, "We can't kill them because there's yeah. no way." They like, exist. no, they're a, yeah. they're a life form. They deserve to exist. We have to figure out how to we negotiate to with them. them, them. Yeah, <laughs>
3: like,
1: yeah. Exactly. And so they end up having to like <laughs> <Please> stop. <laughs> they end up having to like <laughs> fuck around with their translation systems to be able to talk to the fucking little robots. <laughs> so anyway, they they go to this one planet in season one and they have the away team. So the away team is always the couple people who beam down and everybody else is on the ship, right? Right. And so the people on the ship are looking and they're like, their sensors are going off and they're like, there's something there. We, it keeps showing there's something here, but we can't see it. Finally, it starts to sort of like reveal itself and it's kind of like a half, it looks like it's half in this dimension, half in the next dimension, maybe spacecraft. And they're like, oh shit. They're like, what is that? And they can't really communicate with it. They don't know what's going on. And then basically, um, Picard is the one who sees all this, Patrick Stewart. He later goes down and he talks to, like, they have these two people who are sort of their liaison with these people, right? And he's like, there's a thing in orbit with us in the sky. Do you know what it is? And she's like, God? And he's like, oh, is that? Okay. And he like kind of immediately is like, okay, yeah, God. And then beams her up and shows it to her. Whoa. And she immediately, like, falls on her knees in a prayer position and won't look at it. Whoa. And then they're able to communicate with these beings later on. And they're like, yes, we understand that to them we would be gods. And these beings are unbelievably protective with the, to the people of this planet to the point they almost destroy the Enterprise, the ship right. that they're on. Like, they're like, do not fuck with them in any way, shape, or form, or we will destroy you. And so it really started to get me, like, huh. And again, you got to understand, I'm that person through and through that's, like, ancient aliens is just racist racist horse shit, and I don't have to fucking even think about it, and I'm okay with just writing it off. (laughs) And then I'm watching this, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. And I'm, like, so mad. This is, like, from the late 80s. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is heavy. This is heavy, and this is involved, and now I don't know how I feel. And, like, you know... It's like, well, yeah, I mean, what about the pantheons where they do have animal heads or they have these different features? Is that Mm -hmm. how they translated it so that we can understand it? Like, maybe it didn't have goat legs. Maybe it was a diminutive alien. You know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Like, maybe they were their helmets and they were like, well, that one kind of looks like a jackal and that one kind of looks like a, you know what I mean? Like, it could be
0: any I mean it could be anything no, it could be anything no, yeah. and
1: then it starts to be like well what does that mean
0: what does that mean is there something else there's something else than happening that we don't even recognize yeah well
1: it's just a nice thing to kind of throw around and theorize unless you're somebody like me who really truly believes these gods are real yeah and that they can be worshipped and communed with so then it's like well hold on is that even possible and if it is is it desirable and what could it achieve and why? And that's scary to think about. So I submit that to you because I want you to, to fucking help me unbreak my brain. <laughs> I don't
0: know. I have I guess I have an interesting and it comes up in my work with my company a lot. Like when we were writing stories, it comes up a lot in our recent stuff. Um it's interesting. I feel like as a writer, you no matter how objective you feel like you're being and how much you feel like you're just finding stories you circle back on the same themes a million times and so obviously there's something inside of you that's like you know dealing with that but for me one of the big things and like when you posed the question before uh the original question which was like what would the goddesses say if they didn't have to be translated through you know men and humans and whatever um and I guess my knee-jerk reaction to that is like maybe nothing like maybe they don't want to or it's not that they don't want to talk to you, but they don't have to. And I think I deal with this idea a lot that it's like, that there is an innate, um, ego, ego thing going on with the idea that like, if the goddesses could talk and maybe, and maybe it's like my relationship with like being labeled a girl and like the way I've been misrepresented and then having to explain myself, you know, it's like my, my deal, my way of dealing with having to explain myself. Um, But I always come back to the idea that, like, and I'm not saying no gods would ever want to talk to people. Obviously, I don't think that's true. But I think sometimes it's like the even the implication of that question gave me a knee jerk. ugh, And it's because because it's human focused. But because it's like, why do the goddesses need to explain themselves to you? Like, if the goddesses could explain, like, it's like you have five minutes in the room. Tell the people who you actually are. I'd be like, fuck fuck off! Right. I'm going back where, like, what the fuck? Figure it out yourself. And I liked, and so I liked when Vince you immediately pivoted that to like, maybe it wouldn't be something they would say. Maybe it would just be like how they would appear would change your perception. And that I can, I get that more. That it's like, I think. The way they would appear to you, because I think that they probably would appear to you in some context. There is obviously a link between deities and, like, you know, everything that's sort of more mortal uh, mm-hmm. on Earth. But like, I don't think that they would explain themselves differently. I think they would just end up they would just appear differently. They would come... You know, so it it is interesting because you do always have to... It's like reading a book that was translated from another language and you don't speak the language. You always have to trust the translator to a certain extent, but also keep it in mind that, like, you're not hearing the... Necessarily, the way that you... You're
1: missing a lot of nuance.
0: You're missing a lot of nuance that maybe even you wouldn't even understand. Like we're saying, we wouldn't have the ability to understand. And then beyond that, also, probably this isn't even on your level that you do understand. This wouldn't be how you would interpret it, necessarily. Right. So right. you do... That's why having citing all the different sources and different... You know, like casting yeah. a wide net is probably the most important. Cast a wide net and then see what sticks out to you and seems consistent and seems to, to check out rather than just trusting one telling, which is why things like, you know, the Bible, it's so like, I don't feel good about this. (laughs) I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel good about any one version of one particular thing because it's like, I don't know, there's a link between all of these belief systems. And somehow in that link is where it becomes more true for me, like the things that I see consistently, the things Mm -hmm. that happen over, you know, over a lot of different human experience with the divine or whatever. But it's funny how like that really like, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say triggered, but like definitely instantly made gave me like a gross sensation.
3: Yeah. The
0: I and, and I've literally done a piece about this. The entire piece was magicians basically bringing a god to life, and the god finally like them doing it correctly, and the god gets channeled into a person and comes to life. And instead of and like it t- that took two literal uh, or an hour and a half of performance before that happened. And then when the God comes to life, they don't want to help. And they're fucking furious that they got brought to life and nothing that they wanted to happen happens. And I think that the whole point, the reason that that was so interesting and like that I that it's become something that it's, I've like thought about a lot and worked on a lot is because I think that is, um, I don't know, it's like, is there not a, a concept of consent when it comes to God? I mean, I know that there is like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I think Dakota, you probably talk about this all the time, but like it. It's an interesting idea that, that we are owed explanations by anybody, especially somebody who is, you know, in some way more powerful than us. But I, I mean, I understand, the. Que- I don't think the person asking the question didn't mean that. It was just, it was interesting that it brought up, for me, sort of just like another layer of feeling um, like I have to, you know, like as the lesser gender or whatever, like you have to explain yourself. Right. You know, it's like even like we got misinterpreted, and now we have to explain ourselves again. And I think this happens all the time. I mean, it's like why? Like fuck you, Zeus. You explain yourself. You know, but I I, I understand. I understand the question. I think it's just like, it's interesting. And in what you're saying too, it's just interesting to think like, do we want to communicate? Do does everyone? You know, does a god not? And we've talked about this before. Like, do gods not want to? communicate and therefore they don't exist like do they not currently communicate with us that doesn't mean they don't exist necessarily it's just you know no the lines of connections might break i think a lot of it
1: has to do inherently with your cosmology and like how you think things are set up and what you think the gods are would dictate a lot of this because just as much as gods let's you know i was kind of given the thing of like well jesus what if they were aliens who fucking knows you know but also how do we know that through some sort of really long-scale evolution They're not some human ancestor who has gained some titanic level of power. And then there would be a very good reason they would be earth centered and people centered. Right. Outside of that, you struggle for a reason of like, why would this God pay attention to us at all? Unless they created us. That's the other link that people always make. However, anybody who says that they created us, they say that they created everything. So that's just one more thing that they did on the list. So it doesn't inherently mean that they are, like, really going to care. There's a lot of times and spaces where it's like the creator God doesn't give a fuck. But it, it's very interesting to me to sort of think of, like, and this is something I tell people in our spirit work class in which school and the spirit work intensive all the time I say you know listen you can go out there and you can try and call on any god that you want but you should be genuinely terrified in your bones about the prospect of them picking up the phone right because you don't know what it is you don't know what you you're don't doing. you don't know what you're dealing with you also don't know that the right entity is picking up the phone you have no way of sussing out what you literally just took a shot in the dark and it's an eternal endless dark And you don't know what you're hitting. If you're hitting anything, anything you can get anything back. And everything that has led you to the conclusion, I want to approach this deity, was told to you by humans, who could be completely wrong. And so you don't know. There should be no confidence going into this, thinking, I know what I'm doing. Because you don't. And, you know, it's so funny. sort of like how you were saying, like, you know, maybe they would just, like, reveal their true form. or multiple forms or whatever the one thing that has always gotten me is like that's a good take is the burning bush yeah Mm -hmm. appearing to moses and what does god say revealing god the the god right from the bible who's supposed to be all powerful and all knowing and all of these things right eternal and forever and everywhere and everything what does he say to him he says i am that i am Mm -hmm. and all so all he's saying is i exist because I want to exist, mm. and that is like one of the most unbelievable statements of power that yeah. I think our brains can even try to wrap our heads yeah. around. You know, like, and so it would almost to me make sense for any deity, let alone one of these goddesses, if you know there was a Vanity Fair interview with them where they got to tell their you know whatever. Yeah, that would be it. It would just be confirming their existence and that they only exist because they want to exist. And that's if they were feeling generous. You know, one of the things I talk about again in the the class is don't ever approach any feminine spirit assuming that you're going to get a kinder response. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most fatal mistakes that you can make. You have no reason to believe that. You have no reason to believe that. So it doesn't make sense. Because there are just as many mother goddesses in humanity's history who are the devouring mother the mother who devours her young and just as she creates she also destroys that's a much more common trope in mythology around the world than like the you know pregnant sitting in a field of grain, earth mother like that's not a thing you know if it is it's extremely rare and really the only times you see it are just like in very recent tellings so yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's wild. Like I I had the same reaction when I saw the question, where I was like, I think the question's inherently flawed, but I also think yeah. that is something that I find I'm ready to have the conversation that we're having. And when I start out with teaching people, that's where they are, and those yeah. are the people who've actually done any research to know the goddesses have even been me- possibly Miss misrepresented. Yeah. Right. And right. so then they're you know that that would be their first question, and so I'm like okay cool like that's a good starting point. Well, it's good to even about... ask because
0: you're not just like well that's how they are. Like, yeah,
1: right. Yeah, you're not accepting the premise, which is great. Uh,
2: I don't know if I if I really actually believe that's an inherently flawed question. I think it, because of where it is most likely to go. Um, that that can get associated with the question. But I think, like, in terms of it's, again, like, a a matter, I I think a matter of perspective in the sense of, like, if we're thinking about gods that we've had coded as feminine and, like, the idea of, like, well, I I know we want to go to the place of, like, what would they say because they've been misrepresented and shut up and things like that. But I think it's also, like, on the other uh, or, or in some part of that, it's, like, not so much that they feel the need to explain themselves is that they are offering explanation. And I, I think in terms of like the way that like uh, worship and um, and ritual and things like that have been like created over time, they are not just things that solely benefit those gods. They teach us principles that like then help us like do things and like continue to build off of that as well. Right. So it's not so much that like, We like it's it is human centric to be like we have to think of them for them to be real and all of that, and to move away from that, then I think also moves away from the idea of them feeling like they need to do anything, right? Um, and so if they were to in this question, what would they say if they could speak like if they could speak to us right now? It it might not be desperation, right? We code desperation on them because of our relationship to the way that their stories have been handled because of the way they're yeah absolutely.
0: But oh, I wasn't if, even
2: seeing it that way.
0: I think but I'm if, understand yeah, yeah, go on. But I, I think I'm starting to get what I have the issue with the phrasing of the question. But go ahead.
2: Yeah. Cause it's like if, if like so in that might be something we like and I, I kind of think of it as like an aura of understanding. The closer you get to this deity, the more you understand it, which is why they keep distance to some right, degree. Right. Um but if they were to show up and be like, I'm gonna let you in a little bit into the aura. It might, it might not be something where it's like they need to explain anything to you. It's just by, again, by virtue of experiencing, you are in a presence, essentially right. to being in the presence of that burning bush that just fundamentally changes, changes the way, like, it's like yeah. being in a different light. Right. It fundamentally changes the way that you would think. Right. And they might be just like, okay, so now that you understand that, I'm going to tell you something interesting, because people forget this story, and this is one of my favorite stories this about is useful,
0: myself. And useful, or like, this is fun, or yeah. Right, or
2: just, and like, the idea that, like, I think, you know, to move away from human centrism, I don't think we have to kind of denigrate what humans are, because I think like no. they're there are some ways in which, like, they might be interested in us because we do silly shit. And, like, when they teach us things, we are really fun to hang out with. Like, we throw fucking awesome parties. Parties. Uh, Like, we make really cool foods. Like, we blend up really cool shit that smells good. And it's, like, they might like that. And, like, they teach us that they, like, it's, like, a trade-off. And not so much that they are putting themselves on equal footing with us, but it's, like, it's it's not, like, to move away from thinking we are the ultimate it doesn't mean that we have to be valueless. And I think, I think in a lot of, like, some of the older religions, it shows us as being valuable because some of the stuff that we as humans do is valuable to the gods that are to decided to come and fuck with us. Well, the which valueless is not true thing for- is new.
1: The valueless thing mm-hmm. is very new right. and very Abrahamic, where yeah. you have to deal with that constant <laughs> cognitive dissonance of... You know, you're meaningless. You're worthless, and less than. And you're you're not, you're not just less than dirt. You're also evil. You're born sick. You're born yeah. in sin. Also, by the way, the entire universe was made with you in mind, just so that, like, right. you know, whatever. Like, so it's that whole thing. I think for me, where I was actually seeing it as too human centered was not that the goddesses were desperate or that they like needed us at all. I think it was human-centered in a way where the, the way that the question is posited immediately takes it as fact that the gods care about our narrative.
0: Right. I think if it had been phrased instead of... I'm realizing that what bothered me about it was, is the phrasing, which is like, if they could talk to us, what would they say? Implying they would say something. But I think what the question really is, and what we're coming back around to, what the question really is, is if I could see the gods or experience the gods without this lens of everyone that came before me and, you know, our society's limitations, what would they appear like? What would they be? What or, would they be? Or without what would I ask filter? them? Not what, what would, I would I they ask? tell
1: me? Yeah. What would I ask them? Cause that is a very to intriguing question. Yes. What would I want to
0: know about them? What yes. would I want to know about like Hera that like, you know, obviously Hera has been weirdly represented, and, that, and even if we don't know what parts are true or what aren't, it's uh, it's clear that somebody's meddled with this impression. Right. And so instead of saying like, if Hera could talk to me, what would she say? Like, what she'd probably be like, fuck off. I don't know you. But like, if right. it, But if I could actually experience Hera, like, what would I be curious to know? What would what do I think might be different? What like you know? See,
1: this is where the other side of this that I've been thinking about a lot lately has come up. Where it's not aliens. It's not. Uh, it's not humans in the future. It's not a divine ancestor. You know, where else we interact with the concept of godhood is celebrities.
3: Yeah.
1: So it makes a lot more sense if you take it out of Hera and you make it Miley Cyrus. Yeah. You know, You're not like, like you, what would
0: Miley Cyrus say to me? Right. And you'd be like, if I'm not Miley Cyrus. It, she doesn't w- know who
1: you are. But you do know like, you are. And then also, even, if you get in a room even and you go, I ask,
0: this what is would she what everybody's. Be like?
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Would How she would she appear to you? Like? Right. How would she appear well, to you? What would she you know be like? you know on the
0: red carpet, she's not being herself or like not right. the full version. It's a part of herself. Well, it's, like- a, it's a clip.
1: It's it, it, no matter yeah. what, it's not anybody's fullness. Right. So it's the thing is, part. is that if you think about it, take somebody who's maybe more goddess like, you know, like who <laughs> has been around a lot longer. Take Cher. Right. Or yeah. take Tina Turner. You know, you have these people who there's there's this whole narrative and they choose to speak when they want to speak and reveal what they want to reveal. And they're deeply revered and everybody feels like they know them on some way or some wavelength, but they've never actually met them. And so then basically you get a moment with them and then you're going to say, well, everyone that I know has said this about you. What do you have to say about it? That doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. And also, I don't think necessarily would precipitate a very nice response. Good
0: relationship. Yeah. Yeah, That's not a great way to start a relationship either. And I guess that's the vibe I got off of the phrasing of the question also. That it's like, if I were a god, I'd be like, what? Like, why do I owe you an explanation for who I am just because you got, like, you were, like, seventh down the line of playing telephone? Like, it's not my fault. No, Uh, for sure. But then also,
1: it would be like, if you are going to try it, if you do get the chance, right? Yeah. And it almost feels like it's a really apt comparison because the idea that, like, the God would actually respond to you feels almost like being lucky enough to, like, be in the same elevator as a celebrity or something. It just happens to happen. Things align the right way, whatever. Um, Or you could work really hard to get there or whatever, right? So there are different routes. But let's say it happens. What would be the best way to approach them? And what would be the best way to build a relationship? Right. And knowing this person is always going to operate on a different wavelength than you. They right. do have a global presence. They are, they have demands to be other like elsewhere, they do have needs constantly being thrown at them from millions of people you know, and it is very interesting to think about. It. And of it course, is quite if you if you take any of this as me positing celebrities as gods, no, I need you to that. just yeah. gouge your own fucking eyes out and eat them because you're no. But it's the way listening.
0: we have an experience. It's the way sometimes we as people, not like me personally, but the way people experience that is yes. like you make an impression in your head based on hearsay and very limited information, and you create a life in your head. Yeah. yeah. And then you maybe get a, a one opportunity eventually to directly interact and like. You're going to, what do people do when they meet a celebrity? The first things we've done it, we've talked about it on here. The first things you come away with are what they looked like in real life. That so how, and how that's right. different than they look right. in magazines. And what their personality was like compared to how they seem. Oh, my yeah. God. I met, uh, you know, I met Tom Cruise. He was so short. Oh, my God. But he was actually really nice. I thought he would be a, di- you know, this is not a real scenario. But you know what I'm saying? No, but it's real, like- though.
1: It is. And it almost is like there is a, it's a reason it's called the cult of personality. There almost is an individual cult for each of them where there yeah. are scriptures and ideas because that's their movies or their music or their interviews that they've done where they've revealed themselves. And there's this whole following. And the following, the fandom, has its own ideas and its own rules and develops into its own organization. And then you basically have, that's that whole thing. And then what is being starstruck? It's an ecstatic, transcendent experience because you have literally left your own reality for a moment.
0: I think the interesting thing is when you meet a celebrity, you're reacting to the sides of them that you wouldn't see through that, like, um, sort of lens of, of, of popularity, like, you know, the media, whatever. Um, and you realize, you take away, whether it's a positive or a negative, you take away closer to what they are as like a fully formed person, with like, more nuance and more uh, v- variety. And I think the gods would be the same way. I think that the gods would, uh, if any of them appeared to you, and you had that moment where you were in the same elevator, you know, whatever, you get to actually see them for real, not just hear about how they might be or hear stories, I think they would seem extremely much more multifaceted. Like uh, and complex also, even though we already know so many complexities about them, but I think that's why it is similar to celebrity where it's like no matter how much we know about them and how many different myths there are and how many stories and how many qualities and names and things, in the end, like I don't think that they're just these like big pillars, uh monoliths kind of. I think that they're no. like, I think that they're probably much more nuanced and and well have they're inherently a- all their sides unknowable. And, yeah, they're
1: inherently unknowable, and just right. as one of these celebrities would be, because you're never gonna right. how how would you fully know them? You're not gonna experience their life. You don't yeah. even fully know your fucking spouse. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: exactly, you're, ne- you're
1: never gonna fully grasp another human being. You can only understand no. what they show you, and so you know you sort of have that, and then also that moment of you meet them, and for that ten seconds or twenty seconds, that that's the sun is shining only on you. On
0: you, yeah.
1: And then it's gone.
0: But then it goes away. And yeah.
1: You get what
2: I'm saying? And that's
1: exactly what it is to interact with a deity. But it's not I, always sunshine.
2: I feel uh, very antagonistic this episode. Um, and also, I like semantics. It's so, there <laughs> we <laughs> um, go. Um, I, I think to, that. Wait,
1: Team Vince, to... you asked for this. You are such an edgelord. I can't fucking stand it. <laughs> oh my God.
2: No, I think the, the if thing is really interesting. Because I, I, I think there's a few different ways it can be I mean, like, it's one of
1: Janet's best videos and one of her best songs. <laughs> and it's a legendary dance breakdown that was used for warm-ups and dance auditions for decades. <laughs> so yes, Janet Jackson is a goddess. You're correct.
2: Because <laughs> um, I, I think there's – and this is something that I thought about um, after which school, too, was in, in the the idea that, like, there are gods and, like, some of them like us, some of them specifically don't like us, some right. of them just don't care. Right. And some of them just aren't reachable in the fucking first place. Right. Um, and so I think that if could be um, a situation in which, like, the if isn't so much, like, it, it's almost respectful of the power in the right. sense of, like, yes. if we were in a position where they could get through us because we're not so fucking doing our thing down here. Um, and it kind of implies, like, like we're talking about a deity that would want to interact with humans in the first place, I guess. Right. Um, and I guess that's based off of the ones that we accordingly have record of them wanting to do that. So then the, the if it's kind of like... Uh, it's almost as it's not so much that like they need anything in that situation. It's kind of like a, oh, I, I get to do this, right? Like it's like a, uh, it's like a, I'm offering you a thing because I just, this is interesting for me as well. well. And
1: also that old thing of God works mysterious ways is there's no reason you can't apply that to any deity.
2: Right. There's no Precisely. reason
1: that if a deity was available to you and you were able to interact with that deity that you would understand the full implications or the full reasoning why, why. that deity yeah. revealed themselves to you or what. It would, it, I mean, if you really think about the people who have had a deity revealed to them, supposedly, most of the time they have to spend the rest of their lives trying to figure out what one interacts yeah, with. Yeah, they them.
2: do the whole yeah. rest of their Straight life they're like, all right, I gotta, this, all right, this is the direction I'm going, I guess. Right. Like, <laughs> right. In terms of the way we codify, like, the elements, okay. um, might be because we're on this particular planet. Like, so when we, even 100%. when we say the word Earth, we're like referring to like our literal Earth, but we're also referring to like planet. We're also referring to like the dirt that we're standing on top of. What can grow on it? So out of like, that, right? if uh, that's happening specifically here, um, why is that? If we believe in multiverses, if we believe in other dimensions, why wouldn't that like be uh, like the idea of there being an organizational principle to creation at some point, uh, regardless of how it's being codified? Why wouldn't that be something that could exist off of our planet anyway? Which then makes me think about. Wait a like, minute, the but alien... are
1: you talking about the universe, or are you talking about different dimensions? Both. Okay. See, but I agree on one, and I disagree on the other. I don't. I don't and... think that there's any evidence for an organizing principle to our universe. I think our every piece of evidence we have contradicts that. But do I well, think that there could be other uni- other universes, other like as part of the multiverse, could there be other dimensions that are much better organized? then, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a possibility. Inherently. I, that's a mathematical
2: truth. I guess it depends on our definition of organizing. Because I find like chaos is an organizing principle to me. Because mm. um, uh, it is a method of things happening, like moving in a specific... It's like not... Is that we, organizing it's just,
1: or is that an abiding principle to which everything has to be dictated?
2: Principle in and of itself is organizing, I think. Oh, so, I don't like, think so. Hmm, but, uh, yeah... So I, I think maybe that's where our, okay, um, like the idea of organizing. Well, you
1: wanted to do that's, semantics. No, 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 no. <laughs> so. I, that's that's fair. That's so, hard but though I,
0: because then there's no room for opposites. Then it's like we're only you we can only lead, lead in one direction. If if the, the idea of a principle has to be organizing, then there's no what's the opposite then? You know what I the, mean? What's disorganized? So, is disorganization also organizing? Yeah. Everything is organizing. Then we then there's no room for an opposite. Do you know what I mean?
2: right so uh, that's what I think so it's way, it lies yeah. in the liminal space of contradiction right like mm. chaos is organizing in that statement everything exists either way either side any kind of binary exists within that and that within that statement so then it's like I think in terms of the way that we even look at like a god as being related to a planet like the venus star or whatever um like that light goes elsewhere it doesn't just hit us right and so like uh, and, like, star light comes from however the fuck far away, right? And we still receive it here in some ways um, that are, like, different depending on where you're standing on our rock, right? So if we're associating, like, the Venus star to some kind of great goddess, that light goes elsewhere. Why does it have to exist just here?
1: Um, I mean, are you implying that that goddess exists in other places and times and dimensions? Right. I Yeah, I, I kind of feel like... I. I don't really know that I would necessarily – if there is a multiverse, I would feel like it was one of, the, like, the prequalifications to be a deity that you could transcend the liminal boundaries of that multiverse.
2: Yeah, but, you know, there's – if we go back to kind of, like, our one of our most common kind of pop culture references to this theory, like the Planeswalkers – There are planeswalkers that planeswalk and die. There are planeswalkers that planeswalk and then they're like, actually, I don't want to fucking do that again ever. I'm going to stay here and just do my thing here. Um, There are ones that are like, nah, I'm going all over the place. There are ones that like organize with others, right? So like I think in terms of some of these gods, maybe they did come here and they're just like, nah, I'm going to chill here and have people worship me. And others are like ones that like have – shit they have to do elsewhere like oh, i, I yeah. think like i 100 kind agree of though in folding all of that into not just specific divinities but as a possibility for the way that our we interact with divinity in general
1: right there is something about the gods where sometimes they're unavailable mm-hmm. every culture has written about this everybody has understood this in some intrinsic way wherever you look it's not a thing that's on tap right and the only people who say that it is are abrahamic monotheists because that's intrinsic in who they characterize their yeah. god to be right, right. and colonialism <laughs> um yes yeah. and totalitarianism i mean that's the whole yeah. thing if the god can convict you of thought crime he has to be able to hear your thoughts at all times all Therefore the time. yeah. he can hear yeah. your prayers right yeah. so the whole thing is is that in in some ways we've kind of discussed this like with the ancient greeks you know why was their god unavailable for that moment oh they went to egypt <laughs> you know, but there's no reason we couldn't think. Well, they're not omnipresent. There's no reason to believe that they're omnipresent. That's not a commonly attributed factor to gods anywhere. Yeah. So they could be in a different dimension. For
0: they went while. somewhere else, maybe. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the
1: tempting thought of, well, what happened to a lot of these ancient gods that their worship died out? Are they gone? Did
0: they just they out?
1: did they just yeah. go somewhere else and decide I'm going to go do something else for a while? you know
2: and it might you know what's you know if we kind of play with this theory a little bit the reason why certain cultures meet certain cultures at the times that they meet them in the sense of like if these got like our stories are like yeah they went to Egypt but maybe the like true like truer revelation of that is like yeah dimensional crossing and for us right. be at that time the dimension door was the ocean and crossing it into a completely different context where people are worshiping completely different things from the sky right they have a completely different organizing thing but we start we need to kind of in order for us to understand that similarly to the way that we need to understand the gods when we see them so we make things that look kind of like us or that we recognize um that like thing of like like that like the the push to try and make them match (laughs) you know what i mean yeah right um could be interesting in the sense of like what if that is if there are like the way that the kind of voodoo uh characterizes there are different nations of of the loa right um so like what if that's in the sense of the gods right like they're coming from different places in the vast cosmos and multi-dimension and they like come here and they're like oh like we just met for the first time and, and like, you know what I mean like on in this arena yeah um because we just both happened to be here at this time and right. so now the people that follow us are also going to meet and that's going to like do whatever do whatever
1: yeah i think there's also something really intriguing to think about the last parallel makes the gods or superheroes right mm-hmm. and the fact that in the marvel movies there was a moment where they had to like hit a beacon to get captain marvel Who's like on the other side of the fucking universe (laughs) uh, to come to them. So then you have to ask yourself if the God that I'm trying to get the attention of through prayers, worship, devotion, whatever, is currently unavailable because they're out of range, right? They're in another dimension. Are they actually out of range or does it take longer for my message to get to them? And then does that mean that I have to have different systems of how I approach them Right. based on yeah, the level amping of up that signal of what's
3: going on how yeah how far are they
1: is always? there a, the is incense. there a 911 that will Do to definitely... that's the
2: incense. that that's yeah. the drums that's the weeping right. that's right. the circles. right, when you right. like even you have to amp that shit up yeah. yes also you and know is similarly that, is
1: that transcendent ecstatic experience it's trying that. to find them
2: Yeah, it's like trying to resonate with them to like get them to kind of like you get what I'm saying. And like,
1: and does that mean are they cut off from hearing it at all, or are they able to hear it like Captain Marvel, but it's going to take them light years to get here?
2: Well, similarly to again to the Planeswalker thing, it's like. Uh, for the Gatewatch, right, where they're sometimes they're off dealing with some bigger threat, right, right, right. Uh, that like is extra dimensional, and the people on a particular plane can't even like conceptualize this as a threat because it's so far outside of their their range of like understanding, right. So like we have stories of that, right? Like Ra and like getting trapped and then like uh, Bastet having to come kill that snake, right? Like there's these stories of the gods having to deal with these gigantic things as well or their own squabbles yeah. that like could be really distracting. Um, and I was like, sorry about your crops for two or three years out of the multi-dimensional way that I experienced time. I was fighting uh, this like... 18 million faceted head headed thing world dimension real quick so let me sorry (laughs) Now
1: wait so that that begs two more questions one when they leave does their influence leave and therefore is it like demeter holding back on the crops number one mm. does that explain Mm. the ebb and flow of war and crime and hate and different things in our world unless that's their purview then when they're here those things spike number one Number mm-hmm. two, does the idea of Atlas mean that some of the gods are imprisoned here? Mm-hmm. That for some reason they are stuck here. They didn't choose to be here. Right.
2: And could that create a more ambivalent
1: or malevolent face to approach?
2: Atlas, Hades, right? Like mm-hmm. Dominion having right. to get like, right. somehow tricked or somehow like kind of convinced to come here. And then it Trapped wasn't actually right. what they thought. Well, if Which there's again, one
1: god who's never going to Egypt... It's Hades, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, literally yeah. everything that you do and everything that you are is wrapped up in the natural process of life and death on this planet. Yeah. You're not going anywhere.
2: Right. Yeah. Right? And it's like maybe, and it's also like we talk about gods being born, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they're it's like immigrating, right? They're born here, mm-hmm. even if their parents aren't from here um so then it's like well this is my context now i don't even know the other shit out there i know it's possible because i'm a god but it's like i've never been you know what i mean so it's like uh but i think about uh yeah if they leave two i think about it in two ways one it's kind of like um leaving a, a, a carbon copy and like being like, okay you do this i'm gonna take most of my attention over here but right. i'll leave some of my attention to like kind of because it should be enough yeah unless y'all are really wilding. so and like background I'll...
1: apps or services are still live
2: <laughs> yeah exactly. but like
1: actual <laughs> intentional directives are gone for a minute
2: Right. Right. Or they're like, let me have some like what we conceptualize as kids might be them splitting themselves off in aspects that handle specific things for us so that they can take most of their self somewhere else. Yeah. Right. So it's like, let me have some kids real quick to just like handle some very specific shit so that uh, that I can like actually go and do most of my executive functioning somewhere else. Right. Right. Um, Which is interesting when we think about like God's dying or being reincarnated to other gods, it might just be like, hey, I needed to leave. Uh, a version of myself here. When I came back, I was like, you know what? I've learned something from the other dimension. That's not actually who I am anymore. Let me. Uh, but it's not going to make sense if I just tell you all I'm the same person. So let me just tell you a new name that right. I like picked up in another dimension. You know? Um, well, yeah. Because
1: how easy would it be for that god to just go? Um, now I have the head of an ibis.
2: So and everyone's like, I'm totally uh,
1: different. I'm a totally yeah. different god.
2: <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, like that would Which, be easy.
2: Yeah, and think about, like, the Jupiter sky god thing, right? The Indo-European, all that Indo-European shit. Right. And, like, if we go back to, like, some of the gods of Hinduism, they look like the cosmos, right? Yeah. So then if we think about, like, uh, they them showing up and then being, like, actually, because Jupiter, and what's funny about Jupiter, like, astronomically, is that because of how big it is, it keeps, it has, like, this, like, kind of, like, hug thing that it does where it keeps asteroids from, like hitting the inner planets because yes. it's so big. So it's kind of like Jupiter sky gods being like, I got to go. Yeah. um, And then being like by that whole Jupiterian experience thing and like blah, 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 coming back and be like, you know what? That's not who I am anymore. I've grown. I'm going to change my name because now I know how to do this, this, and you know what I mean? Like all of that possibility happens in humans. Why wouldn't it be able to happen on like a divine, like much bigger right. um, level? I think it's interesting.
1: No, 100%. 100%. That's fucking rad. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think- but get- I feel
2: like a lot of the stories say that, right? Like, you know, even like Odin moving around or like uh, the way that the Orishas kind of come about their powers. It's like them learning stuff, right? Like yes. them going these places that don't necessarily exist anymore. And sometimes trial
1: by ordeal. Yeah. Like Odin learning the runes. You know what right. I mean? It had to go near death. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Like you're God, though. And it's like, yeah. And the fact that he says, and this is almost "I am that I am" esque, I sacrificed myself unto myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way that I could do it. You know. Which is
2: like, what other transformation is changing your your perspective other than sacrificing who you were to who you can be in right. the future? Right. Right. Um, and it's like all of the like the 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 tree of life in anywhere um knit like the the nine realms like any of the ladders like any of those things talking about like bridging different dimensions why is it that we automatically say oh that's how they conceptualize countries or the way that we mimic actually never heard that before Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that like a lot of these stories where that's they're like, idiotic really different... take.
1: That's, that's like, literally you were like the lowest hanging fruit. Isn't low enough. I'm going to grab yeah. it off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's inherently if you look at Yggdrasil, that is their cosmology. That yeah. is how they thought the universe was structured and the more that we get into like multiverse theory you're like they may have been onto something here you know like and it
2: makes sense that they would know like odin and them would know different parts of the multiverse where they're actually dealing with ymir and all of them Mm -hmm. that might not even be like on the same if there are polar sides to out there Mm -hmm. might not even be in the same area as like nephthys right where like ra's dealing with that shit over there right so it makes sense that they've didn't fucking fuck with each other like th- there was no reason for the even you know um well
1: and then you also think about like okay prometheus being chained to the rocks why isn't that just like a pocket dimension yeah. that like zeus like cut open shoved him in there set up the scenario like, and then fuck sealed you it. dude you Yeah, know? it was like i'll be back in a few thousand years fuck you you know like that's totally a possibility like it makes a lot of sense that it could be that um that shit's wild
2: Which I think is interesting that we went into this when we started talking about femininity because I think like even in the way that we conceptualize it, femininity is like ultimately more open and like more like kind of, I don't know. I think a lot of the way that it's coded, like even in all of the terribleness, it still has to acknowledge this thing of possibility. And like often that possibility gets coded into like traps or like the possibility for all hell to be broken loose or blah, blah, blah. But it still is the inherent power of possibility. Um, and so like even this conversation where we're moving outside of all of that um, is one that we kind of started by trying to talk about femininity just think it's interesting
0: I just like the I, I like the idea that the gods are evolving just maybe on a scale that's like so much different and faster mm-hmm. or bigger or slower or whatever than our, ours but that they're not just like I'm a god here I am that they can change and they can learn and then they can become something else even though they're or still the resent- same thing or they can be- become more upset, or more, or you know, more yeah. kind over time. Yeah. Or just
2: not want to be a god anymore, right? Or right? Not like seeing some shit in another yeah. dimension and coming here and being like, I'm gonna become a legendary hero and yeah. then start a race of people because yeah. I want to retire. Yeah, <laughs> but I love
0: that idea that they're permeable, that they're not. Because I think a lot of the time, the yeah, you know, we think of them as these like, you know, they're so huge, they're so mm-hmm. I- exactly who they are. But like the idea that, like us, they're also on some kind of a, their own journey. And well, and just, again, that's Abrahamic on monotheism. A scale.
1: Because right. should, again, to have the God of Abrahamic monotheism, it has to be eternal and unchanging. Exactly, has the to same be, which is old. wild. Because yeah. you ask any Christian, and they're like, "Well, that was Old Testament God." And it's like, right. "Sorry, yeah. your eternal, <laughs> unchanging God had like a bad phase." What do you mean? Like, those yeah. Those were the, the troubles. Those were the bad years. You're the like, bad years. Okay. <laughs> um, that's when he was rowdy in college. Like, okay. So, no, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's wild to think about how they could evolve and they could change and that that would be not necessarily anything like what we would have, right? Well. Mary. This has been a hell of an episode. Yeah. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us through when God was queer at gmail.com on Instagram and TikTok at when God was queer. And if you want, you can leave us a voice note using the link that is in the show notes on every app that we're on. Feel free to ask us questions about upcoming deities. I'm very excited because my, the God that we are doing next is the week of my birthday and it is sound the war horns. It is Ares. <laughs> so I'm going to get to talk to you about Ares and Mars and Bologna and Enyo and Phobos and Deimos and a lot of the, like, really gay shit about Ares that, like, the Campus Martius, which was, like, the field of Mars, was, like, an old cruising area in ancient Rome.
0: There, uh, there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So get that soldier dick, honey. But yeah. other than that, I think it's time for our Cacophony of Queerness, which gets better and better every week. Um. Enter the choirs of hell. Here we go. Uh, Be gay. Yeah. Be gay. Be <laughs> Do, gay. Crime. Do crime. The gods are always gods watching.
3: Are always watching. <laughs> Bye. Bye.